is that an aluminum foil envelope full of gunpowder in your pants? Or are you just weird to see me? It's Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast with your host, Josh, and his host, John! <laughs> ah, okay, sorry. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Yay! <laughs> Yay! Why does he have Why tinfoil with gunpowder He just carries that around He's got like so many little envelopes of tinfoil It's really great Uh, What are we talking about, John? Oh man, I'm so glad you asked Because this week we're talking about One of the greatest fucking movies Of all time Any generation, any country Any who Uh, (laughs) We're talking about 1970, depends on how you date it, for, is the official release date, I believe, 1974's Texas Chain Saw Massacre by the maestro, Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Yes. He chain, he saw, he massacre. Oh, shit. Yeah, I uh, I fucking love this movie. I hadn't seen it before we started doing this podcast, and then uh, you you picked the Fun House by mm. by the Tobe himself, and uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna break down and watch this. And man, is it good! I man, it is. It is probably in my top five all time movies. It's so. It's yeah. just. It's so perfect. Yeah, yeah, you could. If someone said that this was the greatest, at the very least, the greatest horror movie of all time, I might not agree with them, right. but I wouldn't think they were wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It's, it's, it would be a reasonable, a reasonably subjective guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, other people might rank other things above it, that's fine, it's just fucking great. I can't imagine what our loathsome thing score on it is going to be. <laughs> I, who can only say? <laughs> Uh, so this movie was directed by Toby Hooper. Um, he would go on to direct such gems as Eaten Alive, The Dark, Salem's Lot, The Fun House, Poltergeist, Venom, Billy Idol's Dancing With Myself music video, <laughs> Life Force, Invaders from Mars, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And those are just listed in a row chronologically without anything skipped in between because... From 1974 to 1986, this dude was on fire. Then something happened and the list goes into a really amazing list of crap. But, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Oh, and you can throw in the made-for-TV series Salem's Lot in there. I did, in fact, sir. Did you? Oh, man. (laughs) Go to the listeners. You tell us whether I said it or not. I don't know. That movie, that show is dope-tastic and... um, it features, uh, among other people, uh, it features uh, the father of, oh god, I don't remember her name. Okay, Juliet, uh, Juliet Lewis's father is in that movie. Ah, yes. He was, he was a big time uh, character actor from like the 80s and stuff. It's awesome. He looks just like her. Nice, yeah. Yeah, and, and like this list, like fucking Life Force. It just, Life Force oh. is so good. It's so good. It's just nothing like this at all. 
totally but, bonkers. Yeah, yeah. It's just, oh yeah, we found a spaceship full of giant bats. And uh, and then we're going to proceed to mostly just have a naked lady walk around for two hours. <laughs> but by the way, here's a really pretty naked lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Now I have heard, to be fair, I have heard that Eaten Alive is fucking terrible. Oh, well, yeah. It doesn't look great, but, I mean, I couldn't not list them in order in order to get True. the thing. <laughs> True. Well, I think I think the Forever Midnight guys covered it, and I was like, well, it's too Toby Hooper. It can't be that bad, but it sounds like it was real bad. Also, he directed Poltergeist. He doesn't get enough credit for that. People keep calling it Steven Spielberg. I probably called it Steven Spielberg, but it's Toby Hooper. It's Toby Hooper who directed it, but I think it's widely accepted that uh, that was with Steven Spielberg, you know, 90% up his asshole the entire time. Yeah, he's like, no, we're going to use human bones in this mud pit. Look here, Toby, it's just not cute enough. <laughs> we're going to need it to cute up. Say something about Pizza Hut. <laughs> Where's the Reese's piece? Why am I doing... Uh... Gilbert Gottfried. I love this idea of Steven Spielberg. It sounds like Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> oh, Toby, I think I have a great idea. <laughs> and then it's gonna glow. Oh my god. <sighs> Let's see. Uh, John Larroquette famously lent his voice talents to the opening narration of this film. At the price of one marijuana cigarette, please, and thank you. One doober. Yeah. This was before his voice, like, dropped and got all sultry, too, so he just kind of found, sounds like some dweeb, and then later he got the voice and the hair. <laughs> the voice and the hair. And went on to never watch any of the Texas Chainsaw movies. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. I guess he was just thoroughly uninterested. Yeah, not John Larroquette's speed. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> uh, a lot of these actors also went on to star in Ronald W. Moore's X-rated film from 1985, Future Kill. Oh, God. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, went on to have mostly not very good careers, but... Sometimes reprising their role or just showing up as bit parts in later Texas Chainsaw movies. That's true. The amazing Marilyn Burns uh, is in the second film. Um, she's in Eaten Alive. She's, you know, in another the other Toby Hooper joint. Uh, yeah. She passed away in 2014, which is a shame. Uh, mm. And she lived, she lived in a city that um, I've never been to, but yeah. I've always... <laughs> I've always heard things about she lived in a city called Houston, Texas on an yeah. in an apartment complex on Briar Forest apparently. Oh, are you shitting me? <laughs> the the uh, like on the enclave, that road right there, she lived yeah. in one of those big complexes right there. Wow. Or so I'm told. Around I wonder if she was living there in the few years prior to her death. <laughs> She was. She was found in her apartment dead. Oh, that makes sense based on that portion of Houston, Texas. <laughs> could, could have been anything. Definitely never discovered dead people in apartments near us. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Um, 
Yeah, uh, so the the biggest careers out of this movie were Edwin Neal, the hitchhiker, who went on to like do a lot of stuff, including a lot of voice acting, and Gunnar Hansen, who plays Leatherface. They both made careers out of acting. Everyone else in this movie, like, nah. Yeah, Jim Jim Seidel, I guess, rep- reprised his role. That's about it. Yeah. 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 And uh, I have one bit, well, I've got one and a half big things of trivia for this movie. All right. So this film's original, did you read about this? The original distributor of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Mm, Maybe. Once I hear it, I might, I'll know. Was a front for the mafia. Oh, and that what they were doing was they were they were undercutting everyone. They were saying that the it had made less money than it had, and uh, like no, it wasn't doing well. And the reason that they were doing this is so that they could launder money from the film Deep Throat. Oh, wow! Yeah, and so uh, they ended up they paid everyone. Four hundred and five dollars, uh, and then as part the, later, there were arrests and lawsuits, and the cast and crew sued and successfully were awarded twenty five thousand dollars each of the profits that they had been cheated out of earlier. In the this process. was the fourteenth highest grossing film of nineteen seventy four, which is pretty impressive for a film this extreme. Uh, it was yeah. an interesting era uh, in American cinema, and a movie like this was able to kind of get a wide release, and, and word of mouth really propelled it. But uh, this is a very much a Texas effort. Uh, Toby Hooper was a UT guy. He did a lot of a lot of casting yeah. out of UT. Uh, you know that most of these people are from Texas, uh, or at least you know were living in Texas at the time. Uh, it was shot. It was shot in the summer. Uh, of 1973 and it was one of those it was a summer much like this one where it was over 100 degrees every day they shot and uh the 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 i guess penultimate scene roughly i guess you could say where they're all at the dinner table it was 110 that day and apparently all the anguish that you see in that scene is real because they were miserable yeah in addition to not having air conditioning, they didn't even have electric fans on that set. And they had to use the lights for the, you know, cameras to pick everything up all good. And they couldn't have, like, the windows open all the way because it would also fuck with the lighting and the sound. So it was just miserable. Grandpa, the the guy that did all of the makeup stuff for Grandpa, he was like, no, we're doing, we're shooting all of my scenes right now because I'm not getting into this makeup ever again. Never again. Oh my god. Yeah, apparently it was over 120 degrees in that room when they were shooting that stuff. God, that's disgusting. That's dangerous. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Imagine wearing like, like, yeah, imagine wearing that or wearing the, the leather face get up. Oh. And apparently, you know, to stay in character, Gunnar Hansen did not shower throughout the shoot. So apparently he smelled absolutely terrible. Yeah. So they, they had a problem with, uh, with one of the, one of the actors had their clothes stolen from the laundromat. So after that, no one else laundered their clothes and so after it was just days and days of wearing the same costumes and oh disgusting 
so many great things like that that really actually ended up playing into the movie and like uh all the animal corpses and bones and all that stuff was all real of course yeah and with the heat it was bringing out the rotting stench and the like just the the, the desiccated flesh and apparently there were some of the actors would have to break in between cuts to go outside and throw up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. And then get paid $400. <laughs> Let's go get some Lone Stars. I'm broke. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this movie is, is beautiful. All of the sweat is authentic. There's these great shots of Franklin in the van, and his hair is just sticking to his forehead, and it's not makeup that is just honest to goodness sweat apparently he was also a method actor and everyone fucking hated that guy <laughs> it's it's amazing because i hate him too he's, he's uh, one of the most deplorable characters in movie history i i've gotta say i i feel like i should agree with you but i identify with franklin so hard that i just love him i'm like oh my god that's me. <laughs> Sally. 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 Sa Sally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. All right. Let's get into it. John, kick us off this ramp. I'm about to kick it. I'm sorry. Whoa. Yeah, yeah so the movie opens with the uh, John Larroquette uh, narration. We get a little crawl, a yellow lettering crawl which clearly uh, was an inspiration for Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, he tells a little story about the worst crime in the annals of criminess and all that business. Um, it's August 8th, 1973, which would be my son's birthday if he was born five years after I was or whatever. Um, yeah, I was that was a good year for me. Uh, <laughs> we, we hear some really weird noises. The screen is all black now. And we get these, like, flashes of, like, you know, somebody's taking a picture with the old school camera that goes... <laughs> and these are, like, snapshots of this gross corpse that's kind of, like, mummified. And then we see the close-up of the face is all goopy and drippy. And there's this weird... these weird sounds. It's, it's pretty disturbing. Yeah. Um, then we fade in on the face of a corpse... It's a foggy cemetery. The fog is real, real bad. It's yeah. clearly just a smoke machine and a fan, uh, which is fine. And then you can hear this radio, like in the background or whatever, and the guy's talking about how a, you know, a grisly work of art was discovered in a blah 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 cemetery. I think it's called the Muerto Cemetery. The hell yeah, town's called Muerto. So, anyways, you know, so as it's, we hear this whole running news thing going on, which is like the worst news ever course they talk about some you know some suicide like plague that takes over houston texas of yeah course. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways we see this we pan the camera pans out we see this murder sculpture it's fucking genius like spread legged and oh it's just amazing two skulls um, we get the credits and then yeah. uh we come back we've got an armadillo armadillo roadkill and uh right there on the old texas highway and uh this this green van this ford van blasts by they've got a bunch of young folk in it um they're uh they pull over to the side of the road and uh you continue to hear the terrible news uh 
They pull over Franklin, who's the wheelchair-bound method actor, uh, has to pee. So as he's out there peeing, a giant rig passes, blowing Franklin down a hill. <laughs> Which I imagine he's probably peeing on himself the whole way down. At least uh, a little. It's great. They get him back in the van. He's now whining, which he continues to do until his death. Yeah. Um, we get one of the girls who's laying down some heavy 70s astrology. Uh, <clears throat> they arrive at what turns out to be the cemetery where the uh, freakish sculpture was was found. And uh, there's there the Franklin's, what is she, his cousin, Sally? I think that's his sister. <laughs> Her sister, Franklin and Sally Hardesty. Yeah, uh, their grandfather is granddaddy. Excuse me, yeah. is buried in the Muerto Cemetery. Um, we see this drunken lunatic old man who is just ranting, and Franklin's mortified. And the guy says something like, "There's them that laughs and knows better." <laughs> I've never seen a guy drink upside down in a tire before, but this guy <laughs> certainly it manages it. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Uh, they they. Sally goes off with some cowboy, and he shows her the, the you know, gravesite, whatever. They get back into the road. They hit the road again, and uh, now they smell something terrible, and turns out they're passing by a slaughterhouse. Um, <clears throat> Franklin starts boasting about how his family has a history working in the slaughter industry, and he starts talking about how they use air guns, bolt guns, to kill the animals and all this crap, which nobody cares except him. No. Nope. Um, <clears throat> he does the sound effect. Boom. Chick, boom. Chick. <laughs> Everyone's like, ah, oh, Franklin, you douche. <laughs> uh, they see a hitchhiker on the side of the road who one of the girls describes as weird looking because he's weird looking. Yeah. And uh, they stop and pick him up because 70s. And he has one of those gigantic full face red birthmarks from like forehead to chin. Um, he stutters, he's greasy, skinny, lanky, he squinty. has a weird squinty, he has an old school, like, Polaroid around his neck with the, like, silver disc flash. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got a lovely satchel, and, uh, he starts talking about how his family worked the slaughterhouse, and then, my family's always been in meat. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then he, uh, Franklin starts talking to him about the air gun and, you know, isn't that great how they have that now? And, you know, this guy is like, no, he's a big fan of killing with the sledge. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, that's a much better, much better way to kill him. It and doesn't put people out of work. That's right. He busts out some of his, fo his photographs of uh, dead cow stuff. And then we hear about head cheese and you guys, you, you, you guys ever had head cheese? And uh, and then he, he notices that Franklin has a knife, which he's using to, I don't know, clean under his fingernails. Oh, or something. God. That gave me so much stress because uh, they're in the car and and uh, he's not even looking the direction that they're driving. And he's just got this pocket knife and he's digging underneath his fingernails. I'm like, oh, my God, you idiot. What's wrong with you? Oh, it's horrible. Uh, yeah, the hitchhiker sees this and gets all excited. <laughs> And uh, he, like, basically grabs it out of his hand, cuts his own palm, hysterically starts giggling, and then hands the knife back. So now everybody's freaking out. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, hey, Jake, I got my own. And he pulls a straight razor out of his boot, shows it off to everybody, more giggling. Then he puts it away, folds it up, puts it away, takes a Polaroid of the crowd, 
and uh, <clears throat> and then you know, there's blood like running down his arm, and then he wants them to uh, buy the Polaroid for two dollars, which I really love. Yeah, uh, and he also wants them to come home with him so that they can have dinner. Yeah, 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 stay for dinner, have some head cheese. <laughs> um, so. He said, you want to buy you want to buy this picture for two dollars it's a good picture it's Whatever a good picture <laughs> so they don't want it so he busts out this little ball of tinfoil from his satchel and um opens it up and there's he's got gunpowder in there so he uses some gunpowder and basically explodes the, the photograph like torches it and in the meantime this horrible jazz is playing in the background yeah. which just adds to the weirdness the of course the the guys in the van freak the fuck out and Hitch, the hitchhiker, he slashes Frank's arm, Franklin's arm. Uh, it's pretty nasty. They freak out, stop, kick him out of the van. And as they're driving off, he's chasing the van, kicking it and wiping his blood on the side and going... <laughs> <laughs> just blowing raspberries the whole time. It's so good. Oh, my God. I love it so much. Oh, uh, yeah. They're back on the road now. They're It's the... The original gang. More horoscopes. Uh, they see a garage slash gas station, so they stop to fill up. There's this weird bald creep that apparently is mute who works there. He's washing the windshield. An old man comes out, and there, we ain't got no gas. Yeah. So they're fucked about that. Um, and then he tells them something about uh, not to uh, fool around other folks' property. I don't remember why he said that. I just like that line. And then he tries to sell them barbecue, which it turns out they actually buy. Uh, and while the guy's in there buying barbecue, Franklin's going on and on about the hitchhiker and, you know, oh, I wonder if it would, I wonder if, like, all that nonsense. It's whatever. So they get barbecue, take off. And, I mean, who can wonder, who could say where that barbecue may have come from? <laughs> <laughs> I even, like, there's a, there's a funny little air here, and I haven't seen anyone else talk about it i haven't looked too hard though but whenever they're like hey do you know about this house he's like oh you're talking about the franklin house and i'm like wait a minute that's not his last name that's his first name you fucked up oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it wasn't who could say um and and so so in there there was even a spot where like Franklin was looking at the blade of his pocket knife and he was like, You think that's his blood? I think that's his blood on my knife. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then now they leave they got like, I don't know, some sort of weird grey like sausage or something. It looks real bad. These little small gray sausage links that look so disgusting. Yeah, real not good. Like, come on, get get some get some slim jims or something at, at least where you can't. I don't know. So, his sister Sally asks for his pocket knife, and he hands it to her, and then he looks away, and then she uses the pocket knife to cut up the sausage. Mmm hands it to Franklin, he starts gnawing away on it like a dog with a bone, not eating it really, just like uh, I had a I had a, a great uncle that wasn't allowed to smoke cigars, so he just gnawed on the end of it until it was gone. <laughs> that's what this guy's doing with that sausage. It's real unpleasant. Oh, that's gross. Um and so uh they they get out, they find the old house, it's overgrown, it looks fucking awesome like all of the windows are blown out the entire outside of it is covered in vines just like 
it's great. I want to go in that house. Yes. And uh, but but they they saw the blood at the one of them saw the blood at the gas station, and now they're like contemplating the blood. It kind of looks like I don't know, like a crow or something. It's weird. It doesn't. They they spend a lot of camera time on it. Franklin's the one that like gets like bad vibes off of it. Everyone else is like, yeah, he's just a crazy guy. And he's like, hey, you think that guy would follow us? And then he starts spitting little pits <laughs> of of something out of his sausage. Human cartilage. <laughs> yes. He realizes he can't find his knife. There's uh, a weird shot of a corner of the house where there's just a thousand daddy long legs jiggling in the yeah. corner so weird and so now everyone else is in the house they're upstairs they're giggling and playing around and having young people happy time meanwhile franklin is struggling to roll his way up into the house he starts getting real unpleasant about things and starts yelling about stuff and come on franklin let's go and then then he starts blowing raspberries up the stairs towards all of these young people that he's with. And it just goes on for a really long time. He like ends up like like knuckling himself on a door frame and everything. It's just oh not good. <laughs> Kirk and Pam come downstairs and like, hey, we want to go for our swim. Except they don't they don't have that accent. Only Franklin has that accent. That's why I really like him. He's like in between the two places. They're just four hippies and mm-hmm. he's like half hippie, half hick and and he's just kind of the bridge between these two worlds. <laughs> um so so they leave to go to the watering hole which ends up being dry. They make fun of him for being fat while they're there. Yeah. Uh and uh then since the hole is dry, they're like, "Oh, well, what do we do?" And then they hear a a gasoline motor going. And so since they need gasoline, they decide that they're going to go towards the sound of the gasoline motor. Uh his Kirk's plan is I'll leave my guitar with them and we'll, you know, buy gas from them when we come back. We'll we'll be like, here, it's some money for the gasoline. Thank you. There's a house. Oh, they find a netting, like the type that you would use to, to hide a military whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just full of cars. Uh, mostly hippie cars, but not all hippie cars. They think nothing of this. They go up to the front porch and knock. Kirk finds a human tooth, and uh, instead of being alarmed by this discovery, he decides to tease his girlfriend with it, and then goes inside the house because the door is unlocked, where we see uh, he gets clobbered over the head with a sledgehammer by Leatherface. Now, if you don't know Leatherface, he's... A, a sizable figure. Mm. They put him in in big pump shoes, so he's even taller. He's he's quite rotund, and he is wearing a human skin face as a mask. And he he got him real good. It's you don't see the hit, but you hear it, and the actor does a great job mm-hmm. of spasming. It's a very disturbing shot. It's. Not gory, like that. Toby Hooper was going for a PG rating on this. Yeah, and it's great. He managed to get it down to an R rating, and he was like, "All right, well, that's fine." So he's dead. Kirk's dead, and, but Pam's still on the front porch. She didn't go in. Now she's bored. She's like, "Hey, Kirk!" And she goes in. 
wandering around. She ends up stumbling into a room full of feathers. There is a birdcage hanging like it would be normal, except there is an entire chicken inside of it. Mm -hmm. And then she realizes that in the feathers covering the floor, there's a bunch of human bones. And also... There's furniture made out of human bones and just all kinds of human bones everywhere. Like, there's a skull with a, like, cow horn shoved through the jaw of it. And so she starts freaking out and then Leatherface, like, grabs her. Uh, like, she almost makes it out the front door, but he, he grabs her and carries her into the kitchen and uh, she see Kirk's there on the table, and there are these meat hooks on the wall, and he just fucking he just fucking lifts her up, and mm. and he just puts her on a meat hook. God, chunk. Uh, and so her the the tenor of her distress changes, and now she is stuck there alive watching. Leatherface chop up Kirk's body with a chainsaw. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that scene where he, that bit where he pulls the person into that little area in the back, which the walls are painted red in that little room, and there's like all these skulls and stuff attached to the wall, and he, he pulls a person in and then slams this big metal door shut. And yeah. it's just like suddenly just quiet. And it's like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all of the rooms have different death decorations. Like yes. his little hammering room has like ram skulls, like all kinds of like taxidermy animal heads. But the the vestibule is just covered in pelts and skins of like cows and stuff. And then, you know, you got the chicken and human room over to the left yonder. I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe if I, you know theoretically did, lived in this other state besides Texas that I don't live in. Um, yeah. Maybe, and this movie was made in that state, you know, I would be yeah. like, oh, this movie really represents this state in a way, but it really represents Texas in a very strange way that you can only appreciate if you live in Texas. I mean, <coughs> like, it is, it is, I, yeah. I I recognize everything like yeah. the smell of the slaughterhouse. I've yep. I've fucking driven right past that fucking place, and I oh, know yeah. that smell. <laughs> They're all over East Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's just and these houses. I've been in houses like this. It's oh, apparently you can go into this house. They've moved it and restored it, and it's a fucking restaurant, and that's beautiful. There is some guy out there that's that was a good idea. Well, apparently it's a bed and breakfast now. It was a tea house for a oh. while. And then these other, they, they closed it and these other people took it over. And they, I don't know if they do this regularly, but I know that one year they had a an event where you do a sleepover there. And then they show the movie downstairs in the living room. And it's just like, oh, that is the coolest thing ever. Oh um, my God. Of course, the, and then the gas station is is a barbecue joint now, like, Kind of like a or like outside of Bastrop, I guess, or in somewhere oh, on the edge nice. of Bastrop, you can go there and get what apparently uh, someone told said was um, frozen chili. <laughs> Some what? Oh, what? okay, <laughs> that's lame as fuck. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So what? yeah, yeah. I know it's like what? What? That's not barbecue. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ! It's probably beans in it. Um, <laughs> 
So Sally, Sally and Jerry are uh, taunting Frank, basically, about the hitchhiker. Uh, probably because they're just sick of his shit. Um, Jerry is such a piece of shit, though. He's yes. like, he's going to get you. He's going to get you, Franklin. I told him your zip code. And like, oh, my God. What the fuck is wrong with that guy? He's He has one of those, one of my least favorite 70s looks, which is like the loose afro with the sideburns and giant glasses. It's like, oh, this guy needs to yeah. die soon. Oh, maybe yes. he will. <laughs> Stinky disco boy. Yeah. So he sets off to go find Kirk and Pam. Uh, try to figure out what the hell's going. Actually, he just wants to go find Kirk. He never even mentions Pam. Um, yeah. Frank and Sally are chatting, you know, just having a little chat. Uh, we cut to Jerry, who arrives at the Sawyer house. He knocks. There's no answer. He hears weird voices inside. It's like... <laughs> and I, it's the best part, my favorite part that I just noticed the last time I watched it, I've seen this movie probably 30 times. When he when he walks into the screen door, you hear the voice go, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's dark. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um he hears he hears banging in the, the kitchen, I guess, where there's this big, you know, freezer like the the what's freezer that lays flat on the ground anyway. So he hears banging, opens it. Pam is in there and uh, looks like she's dead, but then she kind of wakes up, freaks the fuck out, which summons Leatherface who shows up and sledges Jerry in the noggin (laughs) and then starts freaking out like, Looking out the window, like, like I'm gonna get in trouble for this. It's so yeah, I know. He's like, oh no, aren't there more of these kids? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, <laughs> we cut to nighttime now. We see the moon, crickets. We hear crickets. Sally and Frank are shouting like idiots, like just at the top of their lungs, trying to find the others. Um, <clears throat> there's no response, of course, because they're dead. Uh, yeah. Franklin is badgering Sally to go back to the gas station. She's not having it. She wants to take the flashlight, which he's hoarding, basically, and uh, go go back and uh, go search for them, basically. And uh, there's just this, you know, weird tension between them. She gets pissed, basically, and heads off. So then he's like, well, no, wait for me. Wait for me. He never shuts the fuck up. Sally! (laughs) So they're like traipsing through this dense brush. Now she's pushing him. And they're both basically screaming at the top of their lungs for Jerry. They don't really... (laughs) No one gives a fuck about Pam. (laughs) They they spot the house lights. Uh, She's having a horrible time pushing him in the wheelchair. Uh, (laughs) It's it's ridiculous. And then out of nowhere, Leatherface shows up. And I had read, that, which I just thought was so great, that, that when, when he would have those shocking moments like that on screen, Hooper would take some of the frames out when they were editing so that there wouldn't be like a lead up to him showing. He just was there with the, mm-hmm. with the chainsaw. It was, and it really works because it, it messes up your, like, the beat is off. And so it messes up the rhythm and it, the timing is, is unnerving. It's really, it's crazy. Yeah. The stuff that he, the little tricks that he uses that 
you would never know if he like I would have never had a clue that he did that on purpose. Yeah, uh, the other thing that he would have things show up on the left, and mm-hmm. then the next frame, it, like the other yeah. thing, would be on the right, and so it would like also startle you. All of a sudden, you're having to look over here. It's just fucking great. Like great oh, stuff. This movie's art. It is. That's that's the beauty of it. Is that it's basically an art house film. Yeah. Uh, well, it's one of the things that's the beauty of it. Uh, anyways, that made no sense. Um, <laughs> Slaughter art house. Yeah, slart. So, uh, yeah, so he busts in with the, the saw, completely murders Franklin, thank God. Uh, yeah. Sally bails and basically sets up the rest of the movie, which is a lot of Sally running and screaming uh, with Leatherface given chase. And it is fucking glorious. It is... It's so difficult to watch and so uncomfortable and her screams are so real she oh man she heard herself running through the brush it was you know the heat the everything the exhaustion you know that the the that i don't care if you got cameras on you or what if you got a giant man chasing you with a chainsaw that's creepy shit yeah <laughs> so i mean it's just it's just a beautiful scene it's so good her screams are really the stuff of legend. It's a shame that she didn't make an entire career out of this. Like someone, <laughs> yeah. someone should have paid this lady some more money. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, she barricades herself in the house. That's not working. Uh, he just basically chainsaws his way through the door. Uh, she finds Grandpa, who is um, a dude in a wheelchair in a really weird-looking rubber mask, which. Yeah looks so fake and yet is so effective anyway. Yeah. Um, it just adds to the appeal of the, of everything. And then we see the mummified grandmother who they keep around and uh, more of just the weird house shit. Uh, Leatherface gets in, chases her around. She jumps out a window for the first time, <laughs> jacks her ankle up. Uh, she's, you know, gets up real slow. She's kind of like creeping along and he comes bolting out and they go chasing through the brush again she does the the time-honored horror thing of falling (laughs) yeah and he catches up to her she gets up and starts running again now he's right on her ass both of them are in the shot i guess they were running holding the camera backwards i don't know how how they got that shot but it is amazing it is so it's terrifying he's like lurking behind her he's even though he's behind her, he's still like a foot and a half taller than she is. Running with a running chainsaw. Oh, it's so good. Um, oh my god, I love it so much. Because even with those like platform shoes he was wearing, he was still faster than her. So that's why as he was chasing her, he would do like weird business, like stop and just start chainsawing at a tree or something to like make it like have business to do to not catch her. I know that she had actually injured her ankle, even though she wasn't the one who jumped through the window. So maybe her ankle was banged up at that point. So that probably didn't help. Yeah. Um, either way, she she arrives at the gas station again. She's she's back at the gas station, hysterical. The uh, cook from the gas station brings her in. He's like, oh, calm down, calm down. Come on, it's going to be all right, honey. Sit down. It's going to be all right. <laughs> so weird. Uh, she's begging for him to call the cops, but uh, we ain't got no phone. And uh, it's it's so she's so fucked. It's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he he pretends to care, but he's so fucking cynical and sarcastic that it's just it's horrifying. 
that's it. She's so, she is so out of her element. It's amazing. Um, so he's all talking nice and he's out. Oh, you sit here and I'm going to go get the truck. Uh, so she's sitting in the station now. It's like dead quiet. She's terrified. The door's open. You can hear like crickets outside. She's looking around and she sees the area where the barbecue is cooking. It's got a bright red light. And the barbecue just looks so disgusting. It's yeah. And of course, it's, you know, it's human flesh. I mean, it's it. they don't say it outright, but there's a lot of young people going missing. And these guys are serving meat when the slaughterhouse has been shut down. Eh, you can kind of do the math. It's, <laughs> it's so good, too, because there's just this big tension in the movie around it where she's just looking and it, like, zooms in on the meat and, like, pans over it. And you can't tell, but you're just thinking about it. Like, is that beef or is that person? <laughs> it's so great. It's it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and now I want barbecue. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> he drives up, comes in with a burlap sack, all smiles, starts bashing her around <laughs> with a broom, <laughs> ends up bagging and gagging her, and then punches her out. Uh, while laughing and cackling like a lunatic, ties her up. She starts waking up. Sack goes over her head. Puts her in the passenger seat of the truck, and they drive off. And he starts wisecracking about the cost of electricity drives a man out of business. Because <laughs> he's like, I have to go back and turn the lights off. Yeah, he uh, had to go back. It's so uh, good. So yeah, now they're on the road. He gets in the car. He's driving, and he's still got that broomstick and. This is, I don't know, there are so many scenes in this movie that are just amazingly upsetting. But this is one of the top ones because she's, he's got the broomstick and she's bagged on the floor and she's, you know, like having a, a unpleasant time. And <laughs> he's verbally reassuring her, telling her that's everything, that everything's going to be okay. While he's poking her with the stick. To make, and, and like, it's like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Don't you worry. And then poke, poke. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, what the fuck? This is, this is just out there. So yeah. far away from everything else. Oh, yeah. They drive up to the house. There's the hitchhiker. He's got a dead possum that he's dangling in the headlights. The, the old man starts yelling at him like, I told you to never leave your brother alone. Uh, they bring her inside. He's all mad because he sees that the front door is chopped up. He's like, you fucked up the door. The hitchhiker starts taunting her while the old man gripes at Leatherface, who is now in his grandma mask. He's wearing a yes. different mask. And he's like making little, ooh, 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 ooh. And he's like preparing dinner and everything. He's got his little apron on. <laughs> oh my god. Amazing. And then they they bring Grandpa down for dinner, and I mean, this is a this is an old dead corpse. It's it's nothing, and uh, the, the the old man is saying everything's gonna be fine. We're just gonna get you some dinner. They've tied her to a chair made out of human bones, and they 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 cut her finger so that it's bleeding, and then oh, stick yeah. it in Grandpa's mouth, and he his. Now his face starts moving. He starts suckling on her finger. Uh, uh, and in another fantastically just, oh my God, moment, he 
does little happy hands with the little balled up fists ooh ooh under his chin as he's sucking the blood off of her finger it's just the most horrible movie in the world <laughs> it's amazing oh man so then and now now that dinner's on leatherface has now changed masks again now he's in his pretty lady mask with makeup and curly hair <laughs> The hitchhiker and old man start bickering about who does all the work around here and who doesn't like killing. There's this whole thing with the old man where it's like he doesn't like killing. He doesn't, you know, it's just a thing that has to be done. But we know that that's not true because we saw him do the poking and he like likes it. it it's obvious that he's just a coward. Like he can he can do something from a distance and like. Later, there's a whole thing with him, like, running in and out of the room and, like, peeking and giggling. Mm -hmm. while, and, like, God, it's this movie's fucking amazing. So they start bickering. Sally is freaking out. We get these amazing close-up on her eyes as she, like, uh. the switch flips in her brain. And then I think the idea here is that she is going from human mode to animal mode. And... Oh my god, it's really good. It while this is happening, there are like animal slaughterhouse noises going on in the uh. background. Other than that terrible jazz song, all of the soundtrack for this movie is actual slaughterhouse sounds like rusty grates creaking, yes. tools being dragged along surfaces, actual animal noises. So this is happening, and Hitchhiker explains his plan is to let grandpa relive his glory days by having a whack at her so they bring out a wash basin push her over it execution style and try to get the hammer in grandpa's hand but it just keeps falling out because he has no strength all he can do is little happy hands and and so there she's like like there's this one shot where she's just pressing her body back away from it like uh. like like oh it's incredible um and so they keep doing it they they keep like putting it in his hand and then like holding his hand and like moving his hand to do the whack and mostly missing one like hits we see a little bit of blood in her scalp and like Ugh. bouncing off of her head and just falling and all of this stuff it's so loud like the hammer's like banging in this tin barrel it's just like it's like oh it's just nerve-wracking it is and they it just keeps happening over and over again and they keep doing it from different shots it is for me this is the scene in the movie like there oh, yeah. are of course every other things but like when i watched this the first time that was the scene that i wasn't expecting to see like i knew the end of the movie like all right. of the other things i knew about but this i was just like oh my god this is destroying me <laughs> It's magic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Franklin, who has been holding her, is like, here, let me do it. And he lets go of her long enough trying to go get the hammer so that he can kill her. That she gets up, runs, jumps through another window, <laughs> and starts running away. Now it's the early morning light outside. And, and the hitchhiker is chasing after her with a knife. And just a ways behind the two of them. It's Leatherface. He's got his chainsaw out. He's turning it on. The hitchhiker is just right behind her. And instead of overtaking her and like grabbing her and tackling her to the ground, he's got his knife and he's just 
running behind her and cutting her on the back over and over and over again while she's running and screaming. And it's just, oh my God, it's so torturous. And then Uh. she makes it all the way up to the street and it's still going on and she's just covered in blood. And then there's a big truck and it's the kind that hauls livestock and he doesn't see it and she gets out of the way and it annihilates the hitchhiker (laughs) such a great shot oh man and it it rolls over him you see the body it's a the most obvious dummy in the world it looks so fake but nobody cares because it's amazing because fuck that guy it comes to a halt she comes around the back of the truck. The guy gets out. He's wearing a big old orange shirt. And mm-hmm. he's like, he's like coming up like to like assess the situation. He sees her running towards him, covered in blood. And then around the corner, there's Leatherface with the chainsaw and the mask covered in bad makeup. And he turns around, gives <laughs> back in the car, pulls her up into the cab with him, closes the door just in time. And then Leatherface just starts going nuts on the door and just scratches the paint off. For some reason, they get out of the car at this point. Yeah. On the other side, he grabs a monkey wrench. They w- run away. Leatherface is now chasing both of them down the down the road. The guy turns around and at the last minute throws the monkey r- wrench, which clocks Leatherface in the head. He falls. He drops the chainsaw on his own leg and blood starts squirting out and he screams and he gets up and just starts chasing them again and then another truck is there and she like forces it to swerve off of the road and she's all fucked up and she like hobbles over to it and has a hard time getting in the flatbed but she manages to get in there right as Leatherface is hobbling along and swings the chainsaw at her and misses and the truck drives away and we get this shot of her staring back at him and she's just like laugh screaming covered in blood and we see the the trucker in the yellow shirts. He's still running. We don't know what's going to happen to that yeah. guy. He's getting out of there. And the movie just ends with the mornings, uh, like the, the sunrise and Leatherface is doing a crazy chainsaw dance in the morning sun movie over. Oh, my God. I, I mean, that's it's near perfection. I like, mean... <laughs> The scene where she, the scene where she's just gotten run out of the truck, and he's he's just cut himself. Now he's chasing them. The black guy's over on the right. The pickup truck's coming up there. You know they're kind of on a little rise. The camera is catching this whole tableau. There's like four or five things happening at the same time. It's like this chaotic ballet of of like violence and just torment. It is one of the greatest shots of all time. It's it, so. I mean, it's, the composition is so anarchic. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The, you, you can't keep up with it. You're, you're yeah. like, like I even the detail of like the guy in the yellow shirt. He's like, he's gone now. We see him running away. It's like this whole other thing. Like you can't keep track of everything that's happening. And then even you see him doing his his chainsaw dance. And it's like, whoa, what is he doing? And that's how the movie ends. It's just. Oh, it's mind blowing. Yeah, he's dancing and like this crazy. You hear the chainsaw is really loud, and then all of a sudden, just black and silence. Oh, <laughs> fuck yes! 
I mean, you that's that's one of those this movie is one of those moments where you know everything came together, everything worked. Um <clears throat> I mean, it's just a it's a special movie. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 he achieved some real fucking magic with this one. It's its own world. It's like there's world building. It's you know, it's got its own mythology. It's it's believable. The atmosphere is ridiculous. It's disturbing. It's extremely vivid, uh, but yet at the same time not gory somehow. It, it's just I don't know. It's a, it's just a fantastic piece of work. It, apparently, this is what made Guillermo del Toro a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, I want to talk about that because this like. It's very much a theme in this movie. They talk yeah. about killing animals for meat. There's a focus on meat. There's there's a constant purposeful conflation of the human body with uh, butchering animals for meat, and and it's just it's just really genius. It doesn't it doesn't like preach a thing. It just gives you that thing. Like, look, human bodies are just more meat, and. Oh, it's disturbing. It does a great job. I mean, of that. there's there's social commentary. There's satire. Uh, I mean, it's it's in a way, it's a comedy. You know, it's it's a very funny movie in a lot of ways, but um, yeah. but it's extremely disturbing. And I, the fact that he thought that he was gonna like he was going for a PG rating just blows my mind because there's no there's no especially in the seventies there is no fucking way that children should be watching this movie. <laughs> No, I think I think this was prior to PG thirteen existing, yeah. and his like I think maybe people didn't understand how the ratings thing really worked, or also maybe it worked different. But his thing was like, yeah, I'm not showing any human body parts being cut or injured. It's just all implied. But you know, he didn't he didn't get it, and, and that's fine. This really this is an R rated movie. Yeah. I, I came yeah. to the I came to this movie pretty late, um, you know. As far as I mean, I had seen tons of movies before I saw this one, and it, there wasn't any reason for it. I just did. I just hadn't seen it yet. And then you know, I was at a video store a million years ago, and I was like, you know, I need to watch this movie. This is ridiculous. I need to watch this. And I watched it, and it's just like, holy shit! Where has this movie been all my life? This is <laughs> phenomenal. I mean. I mean, I was already a Toby Hooper fan, but this is far and away his best work. <laughs> oh yeah, like like he he did other cool things, like other really good things, but he did not recapture what he got with this. No, I mean, I would be happy to put my name on several of his other projects. I'd yes. be very proud and very happy if I'm the guy who made those, um, and none of them even come close to this movie. <laughs> No, no, this movie, this movie is, I mean, I guess I can't say that it's perfect, but I don't know what I would change because I would worry that changing anything would just ruin it. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change. I mean, I don't, I have no complaints at all. Yeah. My, my big complaint with this movie is the ableism. There yeah. is a lot of ableism in this movie. The way that Franklin is represented is, yes. is real shitty. The way... And and there's also other characters in here that that's 
it's it's bad. They sure. were even specifically trying to not be offensive to the handicapped, but they were trying to not be offensive to the handicapped in 1974, and they weren't trying too hard. No, um, no. <laughs> so it, it is it is problematic there. But, True. Uh, I mean, even in the opening narration, they refer to Franklin. I forgot that this was the word that they used to use for it he, they didn't he's not disabled he's not uh uh any of the more modern words he's referred to as an invalid and i'm like oh <laughs> my god which is kind of ridiculous because isn't an invalid somebody who's so sick they can't leave bed the bed basically i have no idea <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean I, I always thought that in my mind i always thought of an invalid as you know like you have a heart attack and you or you're in a coma you're, you're an invalid because you you literally can't do anything. You're just stuck in a bed. I, I I guess in 1974, validity meant you don't have to be in a wheelchair. I, I love, you know, I do love the political subtext and the weird, like, commentary about modern society and all that stuff, which is great because it's not, it's not heavy-handed. And if you don't pick it up, it doesn't matter. Um, no. Which I just think is fantastic, but... Yeah, man, I God, I love this movie so much. <laughs> it's so good. I want to say one of the big disservices I think that's done to this movie is they talk about Leatherface like he's one of the big four. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, you've got your Freddy Krueger, your your Jason Voorhees, your Michael Myers, and your Leatherface. And I'm like, mm, no, th- this does not... One of these things is not like the others. There's nothing. Yeah, he's not supernatural for one thing. I mean, he's yeah. He's he's a terribly flawed human being who probably would have been okay if he was raised in a better environment instead yeah. of being raised by a cannibalistic family that somehow went really far off the rails when the slaughterhouse shut down. And you know, these guys just they were inbreeding, obviously, and yeah. they they just. They, there was no place for them in the rest of the world. And so, you know, they were pretty resourceful and they knew how to do something really well. Slaughter and barbecue. Those They could do those two things. And so that's what they just start doing, you know. And that, that's, yeah. it, it's picked up many years down the road uh, where they basically got it down and they live in this nightmare house of horrors. Uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, if you want some social commentary, it's talking this movie, you know, you've got your lack of um access to so uh like social services mm-hmm. and things like that. So like if if these people had been born closer to a city, they might have had more help or whatever. Yeah, know? they don't even have power. I mean, they they've got, you know, they have to a run Jenny. a Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because of uh, electricity prices are so high. Oh, that's right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I got said so they probably get their water from a well too. Oh yeah. Ugh, gross. Yeah. That, you know that well is made out of bones, not rocks. <laughs> Delish. Ugh. So from me, that is a that's a five out of five loathsome things. I there are things that I would be tempted to change, but I would not I wouldn't it's it's a perfect movie. It may have aged poorly in a few things but not so much that it it i mean it's just so effective it's one of the most horrific things i've ever seen 
that I didn't then hate for how horrific it was. Yeah, that's true. It, that's, it, yeah. Does, it does have this weird, endearing quality, despite losing none of the disturbing quality. I mean, it's a lot of movies are extremely disturbing, and they, they're they bothersome. Like, you, you kind of wonder... You wonder about the people making it. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, this guy really liked this a little too much, I think, but... This movie was just, you know, it just it just seemed like a it was a movie. It was a work of art, but it was um it was just executed so effectively. I guess, you know, Hooper just really knew what he wanted and he, I guess he was very uncompromising about getting it. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but I I mean, I gave it a 5 out of 5 as well. There's I just I just was like I'm not going to fuck around with it. Yeah. You know, there's there's few movies I would rate higher in horror, so, you know. Straight to the top of our list it goes with our other 10 out of 10. Uh, Zulowski's Possession. Yes, of course. Bri- Brian De Palma's Carrie. Mm. Rose Glass's St. Maud. Bob Clark's Black Christmas. And that's it. Okay. We didn't, yeah. go, we didn't go full fives on Basket Case, huh? No, no, we did not. Uh, and that's we also... <laughs> I, I I chipped a little tooth off the top of um, Night of the Living Dead, too. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> so, so it's in good company. Because, yeah, like, I mean, we watched Possession earlier th- this year. And mm-hmm. this is the only movie we've watched that, like, is comparable to mm-hmm. it in, like, how fucking good it is. And surprisingly... Uh, the second film is also very good. It's a totally different film. It's much more comical. It's much more Hollywoodish, more over the top. Uh, but it it has some really disturbing moments in it, and it it introduces a new a whole new character, uh, which is he is fucking amazing. It's <laughs> the with the plate in his head and oh it's, yeah, get that bitch with the face. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, this movie, like, you you can see its influences. Like, we watched Spider Baby, Mm -hmm. and you can see how this movie was influenced by Spider Baby, and Spider Baby itself was, uh, uh, like, satire on other movies. So it's like, this is part of a continuity of horror. Like, we've obviously seen the one since then. We've we've done Honeydew. We've done House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, what was that? There was another one that we covered that was obvious. Oh, uh, Macabre was even oh, very yeah. much like this. Yes. Uh, you know, it, th- this is one of a, a lineage of movies. It's just like this one is, it's the high point. It's, it's the genre, a genre is now the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all those other movies fit in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um. I mean, it's and it's one of those. The franchise is huge. Uh, I like this movie. I, I obviously, I like it. I, I like the second movie. There's some passable stuff here and there in the rest, but basically, the rest of the movies are for the most part just total shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it did not need more movies. Two, I agree. Like that was cool. Yeah. That was Toby Hooper coming back. Hey, let's do something new with with this. And then, since then, it's been like, well, we, let's play out the comedy tether a little bit. Okay, that's done. Let's just make shit remakes and weird shit prequels and weird shit 3D versions and weird shit sequels. Like, it's and just been shit. It's been shit. I mean, there's been parts of the movies that, you know, 
I mean, if you're a horror fanatic, you probably you've probably seen all of them, like I have. Um, yeah. You know, and and every time I'm like, this is gonna suck, and I watch it anyway, and it sucks. You know, yeah. like like the last one that they just made, but it had some good good gore in it and had its moments, but it was a terrible film. Uh, Arlie yeah. Arlie Ermy is in one of them. Uh, that that with the one that's like the subtitle is the Saw is Life or something like that. Um, oh God, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, so it's I mean it's but yeah, th- this movie pretty much stands alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is it is it is an apex to itself. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. So, ten out of ten loathsome things, John. Yeah. What else have you been doing horribly lately? Well, well, seeing as how I had COVID uh, and was yeah. waylaid for an entire goddamn week, I uh, watched a lot of horror movies. I saw, <laughs> let's see, four of six. I saw ten of them. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. Uh, some good stuff. Uh. I saw that Do movie. Like Letterman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I saw Sea Fever, an Irish eldritch horror um, film that uh, is about a bunch of people on a boat who basically get waylaid by some sort of strange life form under the water. Uh, the one with the glowy tentacles? Yes. Oh, fuck yeah, that movie was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. I saw Amigo with Javier Botair, uh, Botair whatever his name is, the super tall, lanky dude. Uh, that was pretty good. I saw Relic about the uh, ladies and the old, the, the grandmother yes. slash mother. Uh, oh was my god! Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that end scene though, it was like, oh, yeah. that was good. Yeah, the end scene was great. That was a good movie. Uh, I saw Schools Out, a weird French eco horror film with like strange evil kids in it. That was weird. I saw oh. v- Vampire. Um, a a vampire movie set in Eastern Europe, which is actually really really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, the the I, really old one from like the thirties. No, this is P I R. Oh. Um, it's a it's a guy. He's like an American. Is he American? No, he's British. He goes to, uh, I guess Romania to uh, go like he go. It's like his ancestral home or something like that. And he goes to this small town and. Of course, the town is, you know, has a vampire and all the people in the town know about it and all this crazy shit happens. Really good. I saw uh, Paul Dude's Deadly Lunch Break. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> about a British guy who wants to be on a talent show and uh, he he can't get to the show on time because all these people keep holding him up. So he gets pissed off and goes back and murders them all. It's British comedy. It's great. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw a movie called Slash slash back uh about inuit kids who uh up in the arctic circle who are fighting aliens it's uh yeah. also very good it was a lot it of fun. was i enjoyed okay. it uh i watched i, I oh. stopped early along through it and i i didn't finish it like at a certain point i was like no nah, i don't like where this is going so maybe i need to go back and give it a second shot i liked the effects i thought they were good and the kids were kind of fun to watch um i saw anthropophagus the Joe Diamato film. Oh, uh, the original? Yeah, that is something else. Uh, yeah. I, I saw The Ones You Didn't Burn, which was <sighs> just added on Shudder. Uh, it's a like a witch movie, uh, kind of folk horror-ish. Uh, that was pretty good. And then I saw, finally, Final Prayer, which is uh, about a uh, guy who's like a camera guy hired by the Vatican 
with a, uh, a, a not a he's not a priest, but a uh, he's like a brother. I forget what they call him. Um, I'm not real hip on Catholic stuff. So then and then there's a priest that shows up and they're there to investigate Catholic Church. Um, and it's it's a found footage film. And uh, I had read about it a long time ago and never saw it. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. And I'm picking that for our next movie. Nice. Final prayer. Okay. And, and that one's that one's a found footage, right? Yes. It's a little bit different. It it, it has it has a good sense of humor to it, and it has a real banger ending. <laughs> nice. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen it. I I literally only know your summary of it. So that's gonna be fun. Um, that one that you mentioned. Um, the ones you didn't burn. I watched that one too. I thought it paired remarkably well with the Devonsville Terror. Devonsville Terror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, yep. it's like modern and from the other side kind of. <laughs> did you did you see horror any horror stuff or uh, I saw the ones you didn't burn. I watched the last voyage of the Demeter. Oh, I saw that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was it was fucking awesome. I wasn't expecting it, was. it to be. It, it's more action movie than I was yeah. expecting it to be, but it was still really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's right up my alley, so you would assume I would like it. But or I also was worried that because it's right up my alley, I might be overly critical of it. No, I it it hit on all cylinders for me. I mean, I I'm yeah I'm I'm like in case anybody hasn't heard yet, I'm like obsessed with the idea of a really well made deep sea horror film uh, set in a different time period, which this movie is very much that I was a little worried because it's just ex like an excerpt of, you know, based on an excerpt from Dracula, the novel, yep. uh, but they do a great job. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was like a B movie dressed up with high production value. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was surprisingly good at, at, at what it was. Yeah. And I know, yeah, you, you do loves yourself some boat. <laughs> So nobody's nobody's made that movie yet. I just I keep waiting for it. There's been some good ones, but not the one I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it it'll be out there one day unless we make it. <laughs> From what I hear, realistic ocean voyage films are easy and cheap to make. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, yeah, I did write. I, I did write up a a, lo a pretty long story along those lines. So yes, sir. To flesh it out and make it like you know not shit. <laughs> <laughs> so join us in two weeks when we watch the name of the movie I forgot already. Final prayer. Final prayer. I will remember that so that I can actually watch it. And <laughs> uh, uh, go out there, be good, uh, eat some meat visit some places in Texas, and uh, be kind to your siblings. Yeah. And I'm sorry you all have to die.